Welcome to Your Next Mission podcast with the 12th Sergeant Major of the Army and co-founder of the American Freedom Foundation, Jack L. Tilley. Proudly presented by Cavalry Agency, Navy Federal Credit Union, Purdue University Global, and Veterans United Home Loans. Hello out there, warriors, past and present in your families, and Thank you for serving this great country, and welcome to season three of Your Next Mission video podcast, a program initiative of the American Freedom Foundation. Now, I'm Jack F. Tilly, 12th Sergeant Major of the Army, and your host for this great show. But before we get started, I personally want to thank our presenting sponsors, Calvary Agency, Navy Federal Credit Union, Purdue University Global, and Veterans United Home Loans for, for their generous support in making Your Next Mission happen. They love our veterans and families, and as I always say, we certainly love to. Today, we're going to focus in on the Army's 1st Cavalry uh, Division from Fort Hood, Texas. And I'm so excited to introduce Major General John B. Richardson IV, Commanding General and Command Sergeant Major, J, uh, Command Sergeant Major Mundy, Command Sergeant Major of the 1st uh, Cavalry Division. Welcome. So excited to have you on the show. Well, thanks, Jack. We really appreciate the opportunity to, to join your your audience and uh, share a little bit about America's first team. Well, we appreciate it. So before, and Sergeant Major, before we ever get started, uh, can each one of you, you know, tell the audience a little bit about yourself and, and sir, we'll start with you. Okay, well, uh, as you mentioned, uh, I have the honor and the privilege uh, to command the nation's only cavalry, cavalry division, uh, the first cavalry division here at Fort Hood, Texas. I, uh, I consider myself an armored cavalryman by profession. I, I think that way, I act that way, and I fight that way. Uh, and that has, uh, has really been the way I have uh, approached uh, war fighting uh, throughout my career. A little more personal about myself, uh, I'm, uh, I'm married to my high school sweetheart, Dini. Uh, we have two kids, uh, Mary Alex and Johnny. Mary Alex just graduated from law school, uh, and uh, we're going to be a We'll be holding a uh, closing the uh, wallet ceremony here in the next couple of weeks, uh, and she'll be out on her own. Uh, and then our son Johnny's a, a senior at Tennessee. Uh, married 31 years, one dog, uh, and uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm trying right now to convince my wife to let me adopt a horse. That's what I'm talking. You know, I'm an old cab soldier myself, and I, I love. You know, I was an H quarter cab years ago, but. Uh, well, God bless you. Sergeant Major Shade Monday. I missed that at the beginning. I'll make sure I get that first name in there. Tell us a little bit about yourself, please. Hey, hey I appreciate SMA. It's a little bit about me. You know, I was um, originally born in Washington State. I think you, you know a little bit about Washington State. I was born in Moses Lake. Yeah. Uh, but I was raised in South Dakota. My mom remarried, and I was actually raised in South Dakota, a small town. Graduated high school with 16 people, so very small. Uh, I'm third generation military. My grandfather served in the Navy um, during World War II, and my dad served in, in, in the Army in, 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 during Vietnam. Um, I originally enlisted in the Army as a bridge crew member, uh, as an engineer out there, you know, on the pontoon bridges in the cold weather in the Sava. Um, currently married, um, been married for six years, have four children, and, and life is great being uh, the division um, sergeant major. Oh, you know, just to let you both know, I was a division sergeant major for about five years, and probably the best job I I ever had. Uh, so anyway, again, thank you guys for what you're doing, and thank you for all you do for our country. You know, today is Veterans Day, a special day for you know all of us who have served 
this great country. Can each one of you tell us, you know, what Veterans Day uh, means to you? And, sir, we'll start with you. Okay. So uh, when I think Veterans Day, of course, I think of uh, Armistice, uh, which uh, was the the original Veterans Day, you know, the, after the armistice in World War One, 11th hour, 11th day of the 11th month in 19 uh, and 1954, we changed Armistice Day here in the United States to Veterans Day to really capture all the veterans of all of our wars uh, and honor them. Uh, and so I think for me, it is a day of reflection uh, and a day of appreciation. Uh, like the Sergeant Major, I, I'm a multi-generation uh, military family. Uh, in fact, the, the big yellow patch here on my left shoulder is my grandfather's that he wore in the division when he commanded the 5th Cavalry Regiment here in uh, the 1st Cavalry Division. And so I think I think about my family uh, and, and their service, and then I think about all the families that have have played a role in the 20th century specifically since World War One. You know, World War One followed immediately by World War II changed the world. Uh, and it, it thrust the United States into a, a leadership role. Uh, and, you know, what's unique about the United States Army, and, and I discuss this uh, at, at every reenlistment, and that is this idea that uh, a soldier doesn't swear allegiance to uh, a king or a queen or a dictator or the fatherland or the motherland. They swear allegiance to an idea, an idea that's captured in the Constitution. And they raise their right hand to support and defend the Constitution of the United States. And that's unique to uh, human, uh, the human endeavor. No one has ever dedicated their life to an idea uh, and, and, and serve an idea. And, and so it's such a privilege uh, to, to see the soldiers and work with the soldiers here in the 1st Cavalry Division and know that they raise their right hand, uh, that small percent willing to lay down their life for that idea. And so then I think back not only to present day soldiers, but all the soldiers that have served this country uh, since specifically since World War One, but really since uh, uh, the the birth of our nation, and, and this idea of defending this I, this um, this idea that is the Constitution, and so uh, again a day of reflection and then a day of appreciation for all those who serve. Yeah, you know I give uh, I give some classes every once in a while up in Baltimore about uh, people that never served in the military, and I make them all raise their right hand and say uh, I will. And they all say, I will. And when you put your hand, when they put their hand down, I said, well, first of all, what I did is enlisted you in the army. And they all sort of chuckle about that a little bit. And then I said, uh, you don't understand. You're willing to, what you just did, you said, I'm willing to die for our freedoms. Right. And that's, and that's what the, uh, you know, that's what the army does. That's what the military does. They're willing to give up your life so you have your freedoms. Sergeant Major Monday, same question to you. Uh, what's Veterans Day mean to you? So it's, it's, it's all about reflection, as, as CG said. It's, it's a time, I think, where I, I take a step back and really honor um, the 1% of the men and, men and women that actually volunteer to serve our great nation. Yeah. Um, for me personally, also, it's a time where I, you know, my, my family that served before me that actually laid the foundation and set the example so, you know, so I could um, serve, 
uh, honorably and, and actually um, represent, you know, my name and, and really get after and, and, and think about the men and women, like I said, that came before us. Yeah. One of the things I always, always talk about, I, I wish there was a way to educate people more about, you know, what guys like you do, you know, uh, in this country. And I think we, we missed a bullet on that sometime. What, what sort of Veterans Day activities does the first have? Uh, have planned. Uh, sir, do you have any ideas about what you're going to plan for Veterans Day or you've already planned things for Veterans Day? So uh, we actually have a, a number of events throughout Texas that we're supporting. Uh, and then specifically, every year our Honor Guard uh, travels out to Washington, D.C. and meets our Veterans Association out there for wreath ceremonies at the Vietnam and the Korea memorials there in the, in, on the mall there in Washington, D.C. And, uh, and we have a great Veterans Association here in the 1st Cavalry Division. They're very active, very supportive, supportive of the division. In fact, last year was our centennial celebration. And uh, it, it was uh, conducted in conjunction with the associations, the Veterans Association's annual uh, reunion. And it was, uh, it was a very powerful event, at least uh, uh, in, in my eyes. And, and so I just want you to imagine we did a, a, a parade on the parade field the entire uh, and we had approximately six to 700 veterans, uh, a few from Korea, uh, a lot from Vietnam, uh, and then uh, Desert Storm veterans were here because it was their 30th reunion. Uh, and then we started, uh, we're actually veterans from uh, uh, the global war on terror returning to the division to celebrate the reunion. Immediately after the reunion, I mean, immediately after the parade, the birthday parade for, for our 100th birthday, uh, across the street from the division headquarters, each of the battalions uh, st uh, stood up regimental tents. And then the veterans came out of the stands and walked across the parade field and met today's soldiers in their former units. And the connection that took place between the veterans uh, and the today's troopers was magical. And you could see for the for the veterans, it was uplifting. Yeah. For the troopers in the division, I watched little light bulbs go off over their heads as they interacted with the veterans. Those troopers they are now walking in the footsteps of. And I think a lot of soldiers, when they first join the army, they are they they join for lots of different reasons. Yeah. You know, college, uh, a, a you know, a job. Uh, maybe it's because somebody in their family served. But for the first time, I think a lot of them realized, wow, I joined an organization that's a multi generational, and I'm part of a bigger family, and I am now serving for something bigger than myself. And that only happened when when you had that exchange of stories between the veterans and to and I, I, I found it to be extremely powerful. That's one thing that uh, we'll be doing this year, though, is continuing to support our Veterans Association uh, with our Honor Guard. And then, of course, you know, we have the, the band here in the division that's quite popular throughout the central Texas, yeah. uh, as is our Horse Cavalry Detachment. Uh, and speaking of the Horse Cavalry Detachment, that. That's what I'll be doing um, on Veterans Day. I'm actually traveling to uh, England with three members of the Horse Cavalry Detachment uh, to participate in their Remembrance Day. 
their version of Veterans Day. Uh, in, in England, they call it Remembrance Day. And uh, as you know, the Brits are, are some of our strongest allies. And you know what, uh, what's going on in Europe right now. Uh, and never before is our, our relationship with our allies uh, in NATO more important than it is right now. And uh, so I'm going over there to, to participate in their Remembrance Day uh, on our Veterans Day, and then also uh, meet and greet the third UK division commander uh, and start building a relationship with him because we'll be doing a warfighting exercise, a multinational warfighting exercise with them in the spring. And you know what these relationships with our allies are all about exactly that, relationships, human relationships. Uh, and so I'm going to go over there and, and start building that relationship with the, with the third UK division. Yeah. Hey, Sergeant Major, a little bit about Veterans Day too. What, what is Veterans Day and what do you, you got planned or what are you going to focus on on Veterans Day? So for me, I'm just going to stay in a local area and go out, you know, and just support some of the events that are actually going on here in the central Texas area. Other than that, I don't have much plan. I don't get to take the great trip that the CG gets to uh, Yeah, it's to not like he's got a there. pretty elaborate trip right there, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he definitely's got an elaborate trip. Um, obviously, I was more than welcome to go, but I, this year I'm definitely not going to take that trip overseas. I'm a little little tired of TDY right now. Well, first of all, I, 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 I most people have never seen it. You know, uh, you all both have horses assigned to you, correct? I mean, I have a horse that's named after me called Tilly. It's down in San Antonio. I haven't rode for a little while, but I know you guys probably do a lot. You, I guess you probably ride each week, don't you? Uh, Sergeant Major, do you ride your horse once a week or uh, not? Not as often as the, as the CG does. I, I do ride. My <laughs> so he hogs the time on the horse. No, he doesn't hog the time. He's just uh, uh, he's a more experienced rider than I am. But I do have a horse named Rio that I ride quite often. We're actually getting ready to ride. Yeah. Army game coming up in a few weeks. That so we're actually going to ride. Um, he's going to ride his horse. So I'm going to ride mine, and we're going to actually come out on the field of the Army Air Force game up in Dallas. Oh, you yeah. are. That's what I'm talking about. So, so he's your, the general is a better horse rider than you are. I uh, uh, that makes sense. Most to me. definitely, <laughs> most definitely, he is. I'm not going to even lie. He's done a few charges. Uh, he, he has the experience, and, and I just get to watch from the stands. I got to tell you one story. I was riding a horse years ago, and I was I think I was about 14 years old, and this. Sir, you may know about this horse was barn broke or something like this. What is it? So I was riding with this guy and I just had learned how to ride a horse. He says, uh, he said, Jack, how you doing? I said, well, I'm doing okay. He says, uh, you sure? Can you hold on? You're riding pretty good. Yeah. And he kicked his horse inside, took off running. And the horse was eyes, but took off running. I dropped the reins. I'm holding on to this horse. And that horse ran all the way back to the barn, just stopped right there, scared the heck out of me. Though. So anyway, it was a lot of fun. Hey, sir, the 1st Cavalry Division certainly has a great history. Can you talk about the history of the 1st Cavalry? Sure. Uh, so I, I think the here's a good story. Uh, so I was in the Lewis and Clark building at, uh, at Fort Leavenworth about uh, six months ago, and they have all the division colors lined up in sequence. And... Uh, the first one in the sequence is the 1st Infantry Division, and then they had the 1st Cavalry Division, mm -hmm. and then they had uh, the 3rd Infantry Division, 4th Infantry Division, and on down. And uh, I said, oh, that, they're out of sequence. As much as I, I like being in the number two slot, <laughs> you know, most of these divisions, a lot of our infantry divisions were established for World War One during World War One yeah. and fought in, in World War One, so 1917, 1918. 1st Cavalry Division established until after. World War I in 1921. So I went to the commander of the Combined Arms Center, and I said, General Martin, and I said, hey, sir, I think the, the colors are out of order. 
I think first cab should be a little bit further down behind some of these infantry divisions. And he, and he said, well, let me school you. And I said, okay, sir. He said, uh, the seniority of the divisions in the United States Army are not based solely on when they were constituted. There is a formula that is um, certain values go into and it produces the sequence of your order of precedence in the army. And the 1st Cavalry Division, though not the oldest division in the United States Army, it does most days in combat of any division in the United States Army. Yeah. Uh, followed very closely by the 1st Infantry Division, but uh, there's some other elements which allowed 1st Infantry to be um, have precedence over the 1st Cavalry Division. So I took great pride in that, that you know, the 1st the, the Cavalry Division is... Uh, it's just steeped in, in combat honors uh, that allow us to be the second most uh, prestigious division in the United States Army. And so uh, that's captured in the colors right behind us. 46 campaign streamers and, and unit awards, uh, 44 Medal of Honor recipients. Wow. Uh, and so, uh, you know, it's it's actually quite humbling uh, to be a part of this organization. It is a magical unit. And uh, in, and you think about deployments. You know, so this division deployed in 1943 and did not come home until 1973. Holy Mac, I didn't know that. Yeah, so it, uh, it deployed to the Pacific fight in, uh, in World War II against the Japanese Empire, mm -hmm. stayed on to occupy uh, Tokyo, uh, and then as soon as the Korea War kicked off, back to Japan. Uh, and then uh, and then when Vietnam, uh, when the Vietnam War was initiated, as you as you uh, as you know, that became a air mobile division and went right back into Vietnam and then didn't come back, didn't come to Fort Hood until 1973 after Vietnam. So deployed from 43 to 73. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's just a. It's just a tidbit of uh, I could go on for for days on the history of this division because uh, I'm pretty passionate about it. Uh, but I'll, I'll turn it over to Sergeant Major and see if he has anything he wants to add. You want to add anything about the history of the division? I got one more question here for you, real quick. Go ahead, Sergeant Major. No, so really, I, I think that the big thing, you know, the, the, the uh, CG is definitely rich in history, and I learn something every day, right? As he's talking, right now, I'm, I'm just I just learned something, something right there about the order. I didn't, I didn't. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but, you know, I, I think it's one thing to think about first in Manila, first in Tokyo, first in Pyongyang, first in Cambodia, right? And and I think it's, you know, the division is is definitely the first unit that, that you know, the nation calls on when we want to get out there and get after yeah. something. But yeah. um, we're, the, you know, we're we're the first team, as you can see behind us, but we definitely understand that, that our role and our responsibility when we're called upon. Yeah. I, I, Sergeant Major, the first Cav is known as first team. I always hear you, first team. You're always pumped up about that. Explain to the, the folks that are listening what that means. I think I kind of said it a minute ago. We're first in almost everything we do, right? I mean, we're we're the only cavalry division out there. We're the we're the largest. You know, currently almost twenty three thousand troopers, including the Third Cavalry Regiment. Um, we're the most lethal, most modern, and, and and you know, like I said, we we're the first unit. That's going to get out there and get after. I mean, there's a lot of units out there. You probably might be on the ground before, but when you when you need the combat power and you need these tanks and you need you know these troopers, um, they're going to call on the first team. True. Who? Uh, well, I, every time I see a first cab, people, a couple of things I always notice. One is they got their cab hat on and they're motivated, right? And they're looking good all the time. 
Sir, I understand empowering the, the NCO Corps with standards and discipline is, you know, is the command focus. That's outlined in your yellow book, which I just happen to have a copy of it right here. Can you, can you tell everybody what that, uh, what that means? Sure. So uh, after about a year in command, and, and Sergeant Major and I came in together, uh, you know, we sat down and we, we reflected on uh, the first 12 months. And, and we, were we were doing a lot of great things here in the 1st Cavalry Division. Uh, but the one thing that we felt we could be doing better uh, was standards and discipline. And so uh, we got together with the battalion commanders and the battalion command sergeants major and the brigade command sergeants major, and, and we, had, we, we talked about it. Uh, how do we get after standards and discipline? Uh, I think everyone listening, if they don't know, uh, the non-commissioned officer corps in, in the United States Army is our secret sauce. It is Absolutely. what makes us the greatest army on the face of the earth, probably in the history of mankind. Uh, and empowering our non-commissioned officers uh, is critical to allowing them to be that secret sauce. And what the Sergeant Major and I felt was that we were uh, we we were leaving a lot of talent on the table. We weren't we weren't empowering or holding NCOs accountable, being that backbone of our army. Uh, and and we had a discussion. You, I mean, just look at what's going on in Ukraine, and you look at the Russian army that does not have an NCO corps. It's a mob. You know, it's an ill-disciplined mob. Uh, and and you know, the United States Army never can ever lose sight of the fact that our non-commissioned officers are the backbone of this army and the secret to our success as a as a as a profession and so what we decided was hey let's 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 establish a standard book uh, and then empower our ncos to use it as a tool to enforce standards and discipline in, inside the division uh, it, and we go back to the be no do uh, the leadership paradigm, uh, and what what we found was you can't you can't be and do if you don't know. Yeah. And yeah. and so what what we determined there's been a lot of changes in the army over the last year to maybe the last five years uh, on some standards um, things like um, uh, women's hair standards. Uh, un some uniform standards, uh, some jewelry standards, some tattoo standards, and they. Some of these changes have come out so rapidly. A lot of our leaders don't know what the standard is, and so the sergeant major and I was like, "Hey, well, let's do a baseline. Let's baseline what the standard is, so make sure everyone knows what the standard is, and then empower the NCOs to be and do." And they have taken off with it. And uh, you know. I'm, I really can't say enough about the non-commissioned officers in this division uh, and what they do on a daily basis. And we're seeing uh, an empowered NCO Corps take this division to the next level. Uh, and, and I really, I guess at this point, I probably should turn it over to Sergeant Major because he was really the brainchild behind this. Well, let, let me let me comment real quick. He said a bunch of stuff and I'm trying to remember all. One is that I, I watched the uh, I watched the Russians on television. They got hit and when they started running, they ran in single file. If that was an armor unit or a cav unit that had dispersed and engaged, and I thought, my goodness, that's unbelievable. But I, the other thing I'll say, for, for Sergeant Major, I know we have something to add, is is that uh, 
Technology and the non-commissioned officer corps, I agree with you 100%, uh, because that allows you as, a, as an officer to do your job, to plan and make sure, and the, and the non-commissioned officer, when I was growing up in the Army, uh, we execute that information. We, and the other thing is really neat, and you guys do it really pretty well, is you, you can see clearly that you're a team and you function and work together, and that's the difference. And the last thing I'll tell you is, when I sort of thumbed through your book here for a couple of times, it's about leading by example and showing people what right looks like. Uh, and I think that's the key, and that's that's really what you got it. But it's also about the basic fundamentals of being being a soldier. Sergeant Major, what you want? You want to? Add, I'm sure you want to add something to it. I mean, you know, I got my book here. Obviously, too. <laughs> I got my book so, now, you know, so I'm good. Um, you know, you were talking about technology a minute ago, right? So when we talked about the leaders' book, well, first off, you know, our division standards book is no different than any other division. There's yeah. so many divisions out there. It is nothing new. But we really what we wanted to do. Um, when we go out here on Legends Way and really look at, you know, when I visit troopers, we, we started seeing some trends of, of some standards that just were not followed. And as the CG mentioned, um, the, the standards have changed for certain things over the years. So we wanted to capture really everything that we thought was a trend out there and really give and empower the NCO to say, here's the one book that you can, you know, re reflect. Or of course, that doesn't take away from the ARs and the yeah. DAPMs and everything else like that. But um, if there's one thing, a couple of things I wanted to highlight in there. Um, it's on page 41. You don't have to look at it, SMA, right? But it's, it's, the, no, it's, it's the cell phone policy, right? We really want, you know, and the cell phone policy, what we were trying to get after with this and, and, and the CG, you know, bought off on it was, it isn't something we created. We actually copied it from 10th Mountain Division. So we'll give them a little bit of credit for doing all the legwork. We just, you know, changed it to, to, to help the division. What I was really trying to cut down the usage of text messaging and phone calls between 1800 and 0500 oh, wow. to really allow the the troopers to go home and decompress. Um, as, as we talked about technology, technology is great, but it's really caused us to be connected 24 seven. Uh, so we so we were really thinking about that when we when we, when we followed the 10th mountain policy, um, which, which really allows them to decompress, but really goes back to a smaller a smaller thing that you probably remember, final formation of the day. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. Have the final formation. Tell them what here's here's the next 24, here's the next 48, and then go home and let you decompress. Uh, because it, it was something to think about with these young troopers. Uh, when I would ask them how many group messages, how many group threads are you on, some would say five to six. So I could only we only imagine how many text messages at night that would be. Um, I mean, I'm on a couple and I'm just thinking if I had a young child again, how many text messages and how much that would that interfere potentially with my decompression and then obviously being with my, my, my family. Um, so that's one of the big highlights. And there's, of course, there's all kinds of different things in the yellow book, but that is the one thing that I, when we talked to the new troopers in Pegasus troop, it we'll talk about in a little bit was, was to try to give them some time um, just to decompress away from the army. Yeah. I, th I think, again, you hit a lot of, but one of the things is I think just what you just said, technology is a downfall too. Because now soldiers don't talk to each other as much as they used to. They'd rather text you. I mean, you know, I got the, I, I'll tell you this. I have two grand, uh, granddaughters. I've got three great grandbabies now, so I'm getting old. But uh, when I contacted my granddaughters and, I, and I'd call them, they'd hardly talk. But if I text them, they was right on top of that stuff. Uh, and, and so I think depression, uh, people aren't, you know, they don't talk to each other enough. With lack of communication, a lack of, uh, of good listening skills. I think that's always a... A downfall now, but uh, but I think taking away from them and really communicating a lot more, I think, is really the the key to success. You guys are 
Again, I looked at the yellow book. I probably need to go through. In fact, somebody, you guys should have autographed it and sent it to me. I put it in my little office in there. Maybe you can send me, get something ready to get the general autograph. Send me another one. I'll get another. So I have two. I have two. Hey, actually, we're, actually, we, we thought about that after we sent it to you, that that one wasn't autographed. And we probably, we should autograph. We'll get you one, though, in there. <laughs> I'm just talking trash. You know me. I mean, Hey, uh, we're talking with Major General John Richards. I'm, I'm, I'm having a, a great time here. Commanding General and, and CSM Shade Monday. I don't want to miss that. Command Sergeant Major of the of the great 1st Cavalry Division at uh, Fort Ed, Texas. And if you're watching this uh, this podcast with me and you're old Jack F. Tilly, 12th Sergeant Major, don't forget, uh, if you're enjoying this discussion, please like us. Click on that subscribe button. And if you're not enjoying this discussion, uh, something's wrong with you. That's for Doug Gunsher. Sir, to continue on our discussion, First Cavalry remains the premier armor formation on the planet. <laughs> what exactly does that mean? Well, so I mean, I would say it's probably the universe. <laughs> I'll go with you. I'm right there with you. All right. Uh, so we are. Uh, so we are the most modern division in the U.S. Army. Uh, we just got the most modern tanks. They, the uh, the M1A2 SEP V3. Uh, we got the most modern artillery, uh, most modern communications equipment, uh, and so the the Army has has invested a lot into the First Cavalry Division. Uh, we are known as a multi-domain armored division, and uh, we are aligned to Europe, and so we maintain combat credible formations, ready to deploy, fight, and win really anywhere in the world. Now, I say we're aligned to Europe. That's our primary uh, priority focus for planning. Uh, but we, we will get called anywhere, anytime, any theater, uh, but primarily focused on Europe. And in fact, uh, the, the Air Cav Brigade just returned from Europe, a nine-month rotation over there, reassuring our allies and deterring uh, our adversary over in Europe. Uh, and as they were returning, uh, one of our armored brigade combat teams deployed over to Europe, and they're over in uh, in Poland uh, and in other parts of Eastern Europe. And we have Second uh, Brigade preparing to deploy to uh, to Europe in the, in the coming months. So uh, I think when when you say first cab, first team, it really goes back to what the sergeant major says. You, when when you need America's hammer, you're going to call the First Cavalry Division. That's uh, that's who's over in Europe right now. Uh, again, reassuring allies and deterring uh, adversaries. And um, hopefully, in somebody's uh, calculus, is 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 uh, going to make sure they don't make a bad decision. Uh, and but if they do, the First Cavs there to put them in their place. Who are? Hey, Sergeant Major, I think the CG just answered your question for you, but I'll ask it anyway. How, other than what the CG said, what other global conflicts are we engaged in around the world? I mean, uh, you got yeah, go ahead. Yeah, he he definitely hit it on the head. But you know, I th I think what you know what what he said is you know redeployed um, um, our air cab from a nine month deployment. We have about four thousand troops currently overseas right now. Not just Gray Wolf Brigade, Third Brigade, but also Sustainment Brigade that's over there supporting their NATO allies and the Yukon rotation. And then also, then we have our second brigade who's prepped and ready to go in the next few months that are, that'll rotate out. And, and I know they're going to serve um, honorably over there and represent the first team. 
Yeah, this wasn't a question I was going to ask you, but what kind of issues do you have? I mean, people are deploying back and they're coming back after, when I was on active duty, it was, it was a, a one-year deployment, and then we cut it down to six months because of the constant rotation. So uh, what's the, I guess, Sergeant Major, what's the biggest issue when somebody comes back off the deployment now? Just, I guess, probably just missing their family, I guess, the biggest thing, you know? I think that's probably one of the biggest things is just missing their family because it's a lot different than a traditional deployment. They're rotational. I mean, we were just over in Poland about a month ago. The CG and I went and visited Grey Wolf. Uh, living conditions are tense, uh, but they have Wi-Fi. They have Internet. They have all that stuff. They're they're able to go out on the town. Um, first few months, it's, it's ready to fight, getting everything ready to go. But after that, they uh, loosen up the liberties a little bit and allow the troopers to actually explore um, some of the countries that they're in right now. But other than that, I think it's just missing their family. Yeah, yeah. That's it, really good. They go to get to see a little bit of the country and stuff. So that, that's really good. Well, uh, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back where you're watching your Next Mission video podcast. You're watching Your Next Mission, proudly presented by the Cavalry Agency. They help brands dominate no matter their size. Ideas, strategy, action. This is Cavalry. Learn more at Cavalry.com. Navy Federal Credit Union, the most trusted credit union owned by members of the military community, serving all branches of the armed forces and their families. Their members are the mission. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. Purdue Global, providing affordable online education for hardworking adults. Learn more about a personalized, innovative, and world-class education at PurdueGlobal.edu. Veterans United Home Loans, the number one VA lender for five straight years. If you're buying, they're funding your dreams. Learn more at VeteransUnited.com. Now back to your host, the 12th Sergeant Major of the Army, Jack L. Tilly. Welcome back. We're blessed to be here today with Major General John B. Richardson, Commanding General and Command Sergeant Major Shade. S. Monday, Command Sergeant Major of the 1st Cavalry Division at Fort Hood, Texas. And I want our listeners to reach out to me uh, directly. Tell us about your, your transition out of the military. You know, this show is not just about me. It's about, about us. Uh, tell us what topics you'd like us to cover. You know, we like to educate you about the military and what the Cavalry Divisions and what all the divisions are doing and what the Army's doing. But, but we want to hear from you. We want to talk about things you, you want to talk about. You can call or text me at 844-424-1134, and I'll, I'll actually reach back out to you. Or, or send me an email at uh, smatilly at yournextmission.org. Okay, let's, let's pick it up where we left off. Uh, we're heading into the final segment uh, with you today. I, I certainly have had a good time. Hopefully, uh, you've enjoyed it just as much as I have. I just served Sergeant Major. I just have a couple more questions. Sir, one of the things we want to do uh, with this season is see how... Uh, the command at each installation uh, is relating to new recruits, uh, you know, junior NCOs, and how they're really making a difference in their, how you are making a difference in their personal lives. I, I know the Yellow Book definitely addresses that, but, but I understand you have a, a new initiative called, I hopefully got it right, Pegasus Integration Troops. Uh, does this do even more to, to help our young soldiers? Well, Jack, I think if there's one thing that the Sergeant Major and I will walk away from the 1st Cavalry Division uh, with a lot of pride uh, is in this idea that we have uh, established this integration troop. Uh, and it's we call it Pegasus Troop. And every trooper that comes into the 1st Cavalry Division from Private E1 through Battalion Commander, Lieutenant Colonel, 
goes through the Pegasus troop before they join their battalion troop battery company. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's really about transitions. You just mentioned it to your audience about transitions. Transitions are difficult. And uh, I know for my 30 year career, the highest stress periods have been during the transitions, during PCSs. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you, you make your permanent change of station, you pack up your house, you pack up your family, you make your kids leave their friends, and you move to a new duty station. Uh, and the stress is high. Uh, you, you have to find somewhere to live. Uh, you have to in process. Uh, you're, you're meeting the new team for the first time. And, and I know that what I did most of my career was, hey, honey, the boxes are here. I'm going to need you to start unpacking. I got to go to work because I got to show the team I'm all yeah. in. And that I'm, you know, I'm here to be a, a contributing member of the team. Uh, and that just adds a lot of stress to, uh, I think, to the families out there. And so, uh, and the and new troopers, ones that are right out of uh, basic training and AIT. And, and so what the Sergeant Major and I wanted to do is really make a first positive impression. We all know about first impressions, right? They're lasting. Uh, we wanted everybody that came into the division to feel valued, uh, you know, because that scenario that I just described is, uh, hey, I, I have to show the unit that I'm uh, I'm going to be a contributor. And so it becomes about the unit and not about the individual. What we wanted to do is, hey, for these first eight days, it's an eight day uh, pro, uh, uh, program of instruction. For these eight days. We don't want you to think about going to work. We don't want you to think about your next job. We are investing in you. We are investing in your family. We're going to make sure your pay is straight. We're going to make sure you have your house. You're, we're going to make sure that you've found uh, uh, the fear. And, and we're solely focused on the individual coming in and making that transition into the division. It also gives us an opportunity to tell them. Uh, a little bit about the history of the division. Uh, the yellow book is is a is a block of instruction, so that they now know the standards and expectations of the division. Uh, and then, I think what you get is people that are like, oh wait, this division actually cares about me as a person, and now I'm even more willing to give a hundred percent once I get down to my to my uh, final destination, whatever troop com company or battery that is. And ultimately, I think it's about instilling pride uh, and and uh, a sense of um, togetherness with uh, with the incoming folks as they come into the uh, organization. Yeah, and Sergeant Major, I, I guess when I listen, I, I didn't realize it's a, it sounded like it's an eight day program. What you just said, so it's a transition, Sergeant Major. It's a transition program that they come in to to really build up the trust and identify the issues when people are are processing in the unit. Is that what what Pegasus is? Yeah, 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 definitely SMA, right? So you know, there's an installation requirement of a four days prior to uh, the first four days is at the installation level. Then we want to integrate them into the division, and really, it's an eight day process. And, and we have eight days in the POI, but I would probably say it's more a conditions based. So a young trooper maybe doesn't be the waiting list is too long, um, and, and we know too often that you know there's families out there that have stayed in hotels for three to four months. So really, we want to do that because once they get down to the company battery troop level, it's yeah. expected they're ready to work. 
and it's really about winning that first 90 days. Because uh, I, I true, I know CG and I truly believe if we lose the family in that first, you know, that yeah. first initial impression, we're probably going to lose the trooper. And we all know right now retention and recruitment and retention is definitely difficult. So we're trying to make a lasting impression at the beginning um, and really show them that we care about it. Really building that trust, as you as we all talk about building the trust. But one of the things also during that time frame, during the eight days, is they're able to say, see the CG and I three different times. So the welcome brief, uh, we do a welcome brief, a little untraditional like most. We don't we don't stand up there and say, hey, we know if you ask somebody if they have a question when they're brand new, they're not gonna they're not gonna yeah. say anything. They're just gonna keep quiet. So we use technology. We use a a, um, a web based um, app that allows us allows them to ask questions anonymously, and then we just answer them on the spot. So we can get we have questions ranging from. Uh, CDCs to housing to BAH, you name it, the questions are asked anonymously. And the CG and I make our best effort to go one through 100 or one through whatever the amount of questions. And if we can't answer them, then we use the division staff to follow with the troopers. So they meet us at the welcome brief. Um, then they see us on a division run. It's the first time and maybe the only time that they're allowed to run with the division colors and those streamers and what it represents each and every day. Uh, and the last time is our patching ceremony. Um, the CG and I are there. He gives a speech. The chain of command is there. They come out on the field on Cooper Field and actually apply the first, you know, the first team pat in the colored patch yeah. on their on their sleeve, and really welcome them to the team. Uh, and and I, I'll be honest, and CG and I can both tell you there's some stories where you almost see some tears out there, uh, regardless of a private, all the way up to lieutenant colonel. I think everyone just wants to be part of a team, and it all starts with the integration of, of our young troopers into the division and old troopers. Do you ride your horses out there when you come out there on that day too? Or <laughs> wait a minute, <laughs> no ideas, please, no ideas. Yeah, you know, you, you got again. You guys said something. When is sir? You hit on it. I I tell people all the time. The only time I ever helped my wife move is when I got out of the army. Last time I moved, and I didn't know the stress. So families are so important. Uh, to make sure they understand. And, uh, and based on what you just said, Sergeant Major, I, I, I'm assuming that, I'm, hopefully I'm right, I'm sure I'm right, is the families come through that eight-day period if they want to, to be a part of that. And so really what you're doing is you're building a, a first team with family members all the way through there. So that's that's a wonderful thing. And then the, the last thing I want to say is, is that patch formation where you come out and you put the first dab uh, on their show, that's, that's a big deal. And I could see... Uh, Geez, I'm almost tearing up myself a little bit just thinking about that. I, I should have been in the first cab at one point in my career. It breaks my heart. I wasn't anyway. So, but uh, well, you know we have, uh, you know we have the largest patch. So that's one of the things, right? <laughs> you know, it's five and a quarter inches. Um, so we, we do we do patch, and it, it does make an impact on each and every individual that's at the patching ceremony. Yeah, and you know, and you know, Sergeant Major, it's uh, just to give uh, a little context. So each week. We bring anywhere from 80 to 120 new soldiers into the division. Oh, wow. And so that's, yeah. this is every week. Uh, and so we've, and so over a year, we've, we've turned over, you know, about 40% of the division. And so every week we have an opportunity to touch every single soldier that comes into the division. Uh, and, and I, and I think uh, the Sergeant Major, and so just imagine out on the parade field, a formation, uh, we put them in basically platoons, you know, first brigade, second brigade, third brigade. And just so to help you visualize, imagine they're they're out on the parade field, almost like a graduation ceremony. Uh, and they're out there. The division colors are out there on the field with them. 
in their new chain of command, their new squad leader, platoon leader, platoon sergeant, first sergeant, company commander, battalion commanders come, they're in the stands. And they haven't met the soldiers yet. Even though the soldiers have been here for about a week, they haven't actually met their soldiers and the soldiers haven't met their new chain of command. So they come to the patching ceremony. They sit, uh, the chain of command is in the stands, a very short speech by me, about two minutes. And then the announcer says, go find your trooper and put the patch on. And the new chain of command pours out of the stands and they go straight to the trooper Welcome to Alpha Company 15 Cab. It's great to have you on the team. Yeah. Takes the takes the uh, subdued patch off and puts the uh, big yellow patch on. And I usually pick out a I from the from the podium when I'm doing the speech. I usually can find a second lieutenant out there, and I go straight to a second <laughs> lieutenant. And I've had I've had second lieutenants start to tear up well, because of the pride that they. I mean, just imagine they came in, they. We're treated like, hey, you're you're our number one priority. We don't want you to work. We're not going to ask anything of you. Yeah. We are only going to take care of you and make sure you are completely squared away before we send you down. Because we do tell them, when you get down to your TCB, your troop com- company battery, you're going to work hard in the first cavalry yeah. division. Don't, you know, yeah. Make no mistake of it. But we are going to we are going to have a uh, ensure that you are set up for success before we send you down there. And they leave that formation with their new chain of command. With a lot of, uh, of pride in, in being in the first cavalry division. Yeah, yeah. So the so the people that are listening out there today, you know, this is this is something bigger than you. It's about joining a family. It's about joining the team. It's about joining people that that care about our country and, and want to make a difference. Uh, here's people that, uh, again, people are willing to to give up their life in the defense of our country. And, and I'm just, uh, you know, my 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 chest is sort of pumped out here a little bit, and just motivated to have uh, you two or the general and the sergeant major on the show today. Hey, unfortunately, it's uh, we're going to have to wrap it up here. Any final thoughts? Anything you want to share with the audience, sir? Anything you want to share? We maybe we missed, or you want to tell the audience about? Uh, sure. I, I think the one thing, and, and it was touched on throughout. Uh, I think we touched on it when we we talked about Veterans Day uh, and the reflection and the appreciation. We touched on it with the yellow book uh, and we definitely touched on it here with Pegasus Troop. And that is uh, this idea that our profession uh, is founded on trust. The trust is the foundation of our profession. And so everything that we do here in the division uh, revolves around building trust, uh, trust laterally with our peers, uh, with our bosses. Uh, and most importantly, trust down that that our that our troopers trust their lead. Uh, and you know, we we talk uh, in the army, uh, and as you remember, the old unit status report, the old USR, uh, and and that's how measures readiness. And that uh, you know, we call it PSR and T personnel. The R is your readiness of your equipment. S is your the supply that you have all the equipment and then T your training level. And sometimes we forget uh, that uh, readiness is more than just, do you have your people? Do you have your equipment? Is that equipment ready? And are you trained? In the first cavalry division, we say readiness equals PSR and T plus trust. And because if you don't have the trust, those other elements uh, really aren't relevant, and and uh, and so 
we are, we are focused every day on building trust. And, and the way we do that, uh, the SART major and I, when we talk to the, the NCOs and the officers about how do we build trust in the 1st Cavalry Division, we, we talk about three things. First and foremost, know your soldiers, like really know them, you know, beyond this, like know, know their family, uh, know their background. You know, one of the things we do in the, in the division is everybody has to write their story and it's grew up and it starts with me. You know, I, I write my story, like my army story, but my life and outside the army at home on a daily basis. And I issue that down to all my uh, subordinate commanders. And then they owe me their story and I read their story and it goes all the way down to the lowest level. Uh, and we really have gotten to know each other a lot better because you know everybody's got a life outside of, of this green suit. Uh, and and uh, the more you know about those who work for you and those who uh, you work for, uh, I think that just helps build that relationship and builds that level of trust. And so know your soldiers is our number one uh, way we build trust. The second one is that leaders take action. That, you know, we, we talk to the, the leaders in the division about, you know, the soldiers are always watching you. And if you aren't enforcing standards or you're looking the other way uh, when things aren't right, the soldiers are taking note of that yeah. and yeah. they're not going to say anything, but in their head, they're thinking my leader doesn't enforce standards. I don't trust them. And, and then the last one is leaders holding leaders accountable. Again, soldiers are watching. If the lieutenant's doing something wrong and the NCOs are just looking the other way, they're taking note of it. One sergeant's doing the wrong thing and they all and they all know another sergeant knows it and isn't doing anything out. They're taking note and you're just eroding that trust. But you flip that on its head and you know your soldiers and they actually know that you care about them. And they see you taking action and forcing standards and holding other leaders accountable, then your soldiers are going to trust you uh, that you're going to do the right thing and that you actually care about them. And we've we've been that's pretty bit. That's been our mantra. Those three, know your soldiers, leaders take actions, and leaders hold leaders accountable. And I think over the last 18 months, we have seen a, a difference in uh, in the trust level inside the division, and then that spreads to everything else that we do. Yeah. The one thing, uh, you said a lot of good, a lot of good things right there, but uh, but if you don't enforce the standard, you've made a new standard, right? And that's that's really what you got to worry about. So, Sergeant Major, how about yourself? Any, any any final thoughts or yeah i think i want to thank you and the team for this great opportunity for the cg and i to be on your show and really highlight uh the first cavalry division and and, and and its troopers and what we're all about here in the first cavalry division you know branding we're always about recruiting so you know i, I would be remiss if i didn't if i didn't say you know hey you want to join the first team just let us know you know it, it's it's a brand uh, but you know it's veterans day and, and it's just an honor to reflect and think about the, the men and women that have served uh, and served and currently or have served and currently serving our nation. And I, I know we appreciate it. Well, I, I tell you, uh, I, I can't uh, thank you enough for being on the show. I can't thank you enough for what you do. And and uh, again, I, I think I told you yesterday, uh, if there's ever anything I can do to help you in any way, please, uh, please let me know. God bless both of you and, and keep up. First team, keep up the good fight. All right. Live the <laughs> legend. There you go.
Hey, uh, thanks to Major General Richardson, Sergeant Major Mundy, for uh, being with us today. I'm Jack Tilly, 12th Sergeant Major Army. You've been watching your next mission video podcast, and, and thank you for watching today. Please visit our website on yournextmission.org and leave me a review. I always say I hope it's a good review, but if it's a bad one, I could take that too. Uh, but if you should have a good one from today, anyway, that's for sure. You can also visit our partners there who can provide you with, with so many services that will assist you in your transition if you have to, you know, get out of the military. Also, please visit our corporate partners there and see all the, the jobs that are available. Please know, I'm going to say this twice, please know we want to assist you any way we can. We're all, you know, we talked about it just a minute ago, we're all part of a family. Now, whether or not you served 20 years ago or 40 years ago or, or you're serving now, we're all part of a family. The only question there is, I'm not going to give you none of my allowance, you know, I'm not going to give you none of my money, but, but we're here for you. Please follow us. I never thought I'd ever thought. Please follow me uh, on all my social media channels, uh, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and LinkedIn. And if you've enjoyed this discussion, and I know you have, with Major General Richardson and Sergeant Major Money, please like us. Click on that uh, subscribe button below. Don't forget, we want to hear from you. Please leave me a message or send me a text at 844-424-1134 or send me an email at uh, smatilly at yournextmission.org. Thanks again to Major General Richardson and Sergeant Major Money, first team, for being with us today. It was great uh, you know, having you on the show. And happy Veterans Day to, uh, to you and to all of the veterans that are out there. Uh, and, and uh, you know, when I think about Veterans Day for me, I, I, think, about, uh, I think about the people that I've known that uh, certainly haven't been as fortunate maybe as I have. But I think about all the sacrifices our veterans make each and every day for this great country. And, uh, and I think, that, again, I think there's a family. We all love serving, even though we take the uniform off. Uh, you're still serving in maybe in a different capacity. But you, just like me, uh, love the military and you want to do all you can. But uh, the one thing I want to thank you was on Veterans Day, don't think you're alone. Uh, if you got a problem, you got an issue, uh, reach out to somebody, talk to them, uh, do whatever you can. Uh, you know, so uh, thanks again to Cloudcast Media, New Mind Studios, of course. Our four presenting sponsors, Calvert Agency, Navy Federal Credit Union, Purdue University Global, and Veterans United Home Loans. We appreciate all you do for our military. And as always, see you on the high ground. Hooah! <laughs>